an officer in the occupying Roman army, Gentile, comes to him pleading with him, said, Lord, my servant, lying at home, he's paralyzed, he's dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. That's what you want to hear, folks. Lord, I need help. You want to hear him say, I'm coming to help you. But the centurion gives him an odd answer. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not, and he just he spoke the truth here, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it, or he better do it. That's just my little... When Jesus heard it, he one of the few times where the Lord marveled, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. That's us. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, those Jews who reject the Lord. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Guy comes, pleads with the Lord, my servant, in a world of hurt. And the Lord's response, I'll come and heal him. I'll go to your house, and whatever's wrong with him, I'll fix it. I'll heal him. And the centurion's response that makes me marvel, I understand why the Lord marvel, you don't have to come to my house. You don't have to lay hands on my servant. You don't have to anoint him with oil. All you have to do is speak the word, whoo, right here. And my servant will be healed back at the house. All you, Messiah of Israel, Savior of the Gentiles, Son of the living God, the only begotten Son of God, by the way, all you have to do is speak the word. I understand how this works. I'm a man. There are those under my authority, and I tell one to do this, one to do that. They do it. If they don't, they wish they had. I tell my servants, do, do this or do that. They'll do it. They know what the consequences are if they don't. I understand how authority works. And here's the great faith. I believe you possess authority over the condition of my servant. So much so that all you have to do is say it. And the Lord's, the Lord's like, Wow. I haven't seen this kind of faith, which is the faith he should have received from Israel, having been taught what we refer to as the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, but it's all full of Jesus anyway. They should have known. I haven't seen this kind of faith anywhere in Israel. And the Lord's response to him is, go home. And as you have believed, and he said this on a few occasions in the New Testament, he'll tell that person, your faith has made you whole. As you have believed, 
so let it be done for you. And this guy's servant was healed that same. Now I'm going somewhere with this that none of y'all expect because the title of this message is why I do this. He spoke the word, the centurion's servant was healed, and God received the glory. Isn't it great to know that our Savior and Lord possesses such power and authority? Amen. He does. Centurion was, I don't know who taught the centurion. I don't know if it was just a, a situation where the Spirit of God gave this man revelation and understanding about who Jesus was and what he could do. But however this fellow got the information, he believed it. He believed it. You don't have to go to my house. Lord said, go home. They're healed. And they were healed from that same hour. Now, what I want to share with you tonight and something that I want us to take from this service is that we cannot put the Lord God Almighty in a box. He won't fit. Amen? And you know there are going to be times when, as the scriptures uh, inform us, that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And there are going to be times when the Lord is going to accomplish something, but he will not do it in the manner in which we expect. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? Surely, Lord, you'll do this X, Y, and Z, and he does it. He does it one, two, and three. And I go, wow, what the Lord has done. He answered my prayer, but I never expect he'd do it that way. Has that happened to anybody else but me? We cannot put the Lord in a box, and we cannot presume upon the Lord to say, well, Lord, I believe I know exactly what needs to be done. Because we don't. We look through a glass darkly, the apostle said. But the Lord sees everything clearly. That is why we are instructed to trust him. All we can, and most of, I don't say most time, all the time. Anytime we conceive some kind of strategy or plan in order to affect the situation, we always just make it worse. Because basically, sin has made us stupid. Now that I have your undivided attention, amen. But the Lord knows what to do, and he knows how to do it. He knows what he's going to accomplish, and he knows how he's going to accomplish it. Now I'm going to share two other circumstances where the Lord healed somebody, but he didn't do it this way. Mark 8 and 22. Then he came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. He let, leads him out of town. Come here, get my hand. We're going out of town. He doesn't do it right there. And when he's got him out of town, listen, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And the guy looked up and said, I see men as tree, like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Well, why did he do that? This is the same Jesus who healed the centurion's servant long distance. All he had to do was say, be healed. And that man would have been healed, but he didn't. He takes him by the hand, he walks him out of town, and he spits on him. Now, if, I, if you were to come up or if you were to come up for prayer tonight 
ask the Lord to, to heal your body, and I spit on you, you wouldn't appreciate it. How can you say that with such certainty, Brother Andy? Because Brother Andy wouldn't appreciate it if you come spit on me. If you spit on me, I better get healed. Brother Smith Wigglesworth, if you read anything about Wigglesworth, and I love him, he wouldn't lay hands on folks. He'd punch you in the gut. And you would think, Lord, he killed him. But he didn't. Because they would, when they raised back up, Lord to God, I ain't hurting no more. Hallelujah. Or they'd get up out of a, can you imagine punching somebody in the stomach in a wheelchair? Well, I'd get arrested if I did that. Somebody called law, but then he lost his mind. Or somebody, but when Wigglesworth did it, God moved. People got healed. They had a big old stack of crutches and wheelchairs and everything else where the Lord had healed folks. And you go, well, why punch them in the gut? I don't know. I'm not God. The, the thing that impresses me is the record of results. Amen. If that's, if that's what it takes for me to be healed of my list of afflictions, swing away. But make sure if you do that God is in it and I get healed. Because if you punch me in the gut and I lose my breath, I'm liable to get in the flesh. Okay? Why didn't he just say be healed? He didn't. Why did he take him by the hand? Why did he spit on him? And then why having spit on him, was he not healed the first time he spit on him? And laid hands on him. How's everything looking? Well, I see men like trees walking. Aren't you glad that the Lord was not satisfied with that outcome? Hallelujah. Well, wait a minute. That's not good enough. I'll lay my hands on you again. And he did. And he took them off. He said, now how things look. The guy said, everything looks clearly. I see everyone clearly. I was blind, but I ain't blind no more. I got perfect 20-20 vision. Now, we look at that, and, and, and just, to, you know, the, the natural man is going to ask some questions about, well, why in the world did he do it that way? Why didn't he just, I don't know. You know why I don't know? Are you ready for this? Everybody grab hold of the pew now. You know why Brother Andy don't know? Because Brother Andy's not God. Brother Andy, just poor old Brother Andy. But here's one thing. If the Lord desires to heal me, I don't care how he does it. There are times, and, it, and I'm talking Pentecostal folks. I'm talking to Pentecostal holiness folks. I'm talking to old-time Church of God folks in this house tonight. We have gotten to the place where we are too proud to roll. They don't call us holy rollers anymore because we quit rolling. We got sophisticated. We got up there with the uptown churches. Our houses are as nice as anybody else's. Our churches are as nice as anybody else's. Our programs are as outstanding as anybody else's. And that's the case here. You want to have a wedding in it? Man, I, we, we can do some humdinger weddings in this sanctuary and have done so over the years. You want to have some kind of social event? Buddy, we can do it. I mean, I say this, you know, in, 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 in all thanksgiving to the Lord for his blessings, but we can put on the dog as good as anybody in this county. But I never want that to come at the cost of saying, Lord, I just don't think I'll do that. I don't know why he did it this way. All I know is that he did it this way. 
Then in John 9 and 5, Jesus says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, got another fellow here that's blind. He spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed, and what happened? He came back seeing. Now he didn't spit on this guy, he spit on the ground. He spit in enough dust, because everything's dusty over there. Dust is everywhere. Saying that he spits on the ground, he makes some mud, he puts it, the mud on the guy's eyes, and he don't say be healed and he's healed. He says, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which we know where that's at. Why did he do that? Why didn't he just speak the word and the guy be healed? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that the man got healed. And if you were to ask this fellow or the other fellow got spit on, does it bother you that the Lord spit on you? The guy who was blind and can now see, uh-uh, don't bother me at all. Praise God, I can see. What about the fellow that had the mud put on him and had to go wash in the pool of Siloam? Does it bother you that you had to make that extra effort knowing that the king of glory could have just spoken the word and you would have been healed right then? He'll say, mm-mm, don't bother me at all. All I know is that I was blind and now I see. Glory to God forever. It don't bother me he put mud on my eyes. It don't bother me he told me to go to the pool of Siloam. It was worth obeying what he told me to do. The Lord hears our prayers. He answers the prayers of his children. One of three ways. He's either going to say yes or he's going to say no. Because when he says no, and I've shared this with you before, when God says no, it means he has something greater in mind. Or he's going to tell us to wait. It's going to be one of those three. But the Lord answers the prayers of his children. Amen. A couple of years ago, y'all remember when I messed my shoulder up, went and had that uh, MRI, they put me in that tube for the last time. Now, I give the Lord praise for that because my sister told me, now, before you go in, Hutch, close your eyes. Don't look up and see how close that thing is to your nose. The thing that, that helped me out was my legs was out of it because they was doing my shoulder, and I knew that if I really wanted to get out of that dude, I'd get out or I'd cause such a ruckus they'd turn that thing off and come and jerk me out. Amen. One way or the other, I knew I'd become, and that helped me, just, just that knowledge. I can get out of here if I want to. To make a long story short, you all know I had three tears in my rotator cuff, right? And I go to youth camp that year. And Sunday nights, you know, for those of you who have gone to, to youth camp, uh, generally speaking, most of all the time, uh, if I'm going to be there, uh, Brother Tim Collis, Brother Andy, won't you preach on, you know, tonight for us, kick off youth camp. Yeah, Brother Tim, be glad to do it, whatever I can do to help you out. I'm sitting on the front row, Forest Lake Assembly of God, Moss Point, Mississippi, Sunday evening service before camp starts. And they're singing. And, man, I, 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 you talk about some I mean, we got great singing here. They got great singing there. I just eat it with a spoon. I'd rather listen to Mark Colley sing, eat when I'm hungry. And y'all know how I love to eat. And I'm sitting there, praise God, hallelujah. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, raise your hand. And I said, what? Raise your hand. So, Lord, I can't raise my hand. It hurts like a fire nation, man. 
I mean, I, I couldn't get it, but that was it. You know, we're going back down. Lord finally, and the Lord can do this, he got my undivided attention and said, I didn't ask you to raise your hand, son. I told you to raise your hand. And when he got mine, and I was prepared for searing pain to run through my shoulder when I did that, and it didn't hurt. And I'm still doing it today. You know what that doctor told me? He said, when it hurts bad enough, You'll call me and make an appointment, and I'll go in there. You know what? I ain't called him yet. Because on a Sunday night in Moss Point, Mississippi, the Lord touched my... I didn't even ask him to. I didn't go up and say, hey, Brother Tim, get some of the elders. Get Brother C.D. Collier over here to anoint me with oil and pray for me that God would... I was, all I was doing was saying, hallelujah, what great singing. Let's praise the Lord. Man, I was getting ready to preach. And I threw that hand up. And when Brother Tim turned me loose, I just, I just looked. He could tell by the look on my face, something was up. I couldn't go five minutes in that message. I'd stop. Praise God. Did y'all see that? I can't do that. I can't do that without it hurting. I can't do that without just this searing pain running through my shoulder. I can't do this, y'all. They thought, well, crazy brother Andy done lost his mind. I didn't care. You know, I didn't care because I can do that and it don't hurt. Amen. I don't know if I still got the tears and rotator cuff or not and don't care. All I can tell you is that that don't hurt. It did and that don't. Amen. Another year, a couple of years before that, on Wednesday night when we're down for camp, Brother Stokes, uh, as instructed me. He said, Brother Andy, when you're down here now, you let me know because I want you to preach. Now, I don't know, if, I mean, from my perspective, my preaching ain't that much. But anyway, Brother Stokes, I want you to preach. That's okay. So I, I make it over there on that Wednesday night, and I am sick as four dogs. I mean, I am sick. I am sick. I am sick. Now, I don't want to say anything to Brother Stokes like, Brother, I'm sick, you know. So it's time to preach, and I get up, and I read my text and get into that first point, and the Spirit of God begins to move, and that anointing begins to flow, and I ain't sick no more. About the end, toward the end of that message, I flat, because I can't keep my mouth shut, I flat told them, I said, folks, I was sick as four dogs when I come in this church, but I am ready. Send the bear, send the lion, send whatever. Praise God. I feel good all over. And I didn't even ask him to. He just did it because he loved me. And he did it to teach me a lesson. And it's a lesson I want us to learn tonight. We got a lot of prayer requests in this church. We got folks who would be here tonight, but they ain't because they're sick as four dogs. And I don't mean that, you know, just take that the way I say it. I don't mean anything awkward by that. But it's just, you know, how I express it. People understand what I'm saying. But we got folks that we want the Lord to touch. Amen. Now, however he wants to touch me, I've come to the place, Lord, whatever you want to do. I told that doctor as I spent Christmas in the cardiac care unit with diabetic ketoacidosis, I told that doctor after they gave me that fourth shot of morphine, and I had that chill. I said, Doc, it's like this. 
Because for years I was diagnosed as a diabetic in 2005, adult onset type 2. But I wasn't going to stick myself with that insulin. I don't like to get stuck. I don't like needles, and I don't like shots. I'd made up my mind, I ain't doing that. But you know what I told that doctor? I said, Doc, I'll do whatever it takes not to do this again. I'll do what, I said, I'll hang my ankles from the courthouse clock if that's what it takes for me not to go through this pain and suffering again. You just tell me what I need to do, what changes I need to make in my lifestyle, and I'll do whatever it takes not to go through this again. You know what? We need to have that same attitude with the Lord. Lord, I'll do whatever you tell me. Lord, I'll take it any way you want to give it to me. I'll embrace it. I'll receive it. And I'll give you the praise for it. And you know what? You, you don't have to run it past me before you do it. You don't have to get my approval. Woo! You know what? You don't have to get my I'll give you my permission now to do it any way you desire to do it. Not my will, but your will be done. See, people get, I, I've, heard, I've heard some crazy folks say, no, you never pray God's will. They've lost their mind. God's will is always in my best interest. Without a fail, his thoughts toward me are good thoughts. His will for me is absent. I mean, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Praise his holy and righteous name. Amen. He's not willing that I die and go to hell. He sent his son to die on that cross and shed his blood so that I could be saved. His will for me is always in my best interest. You know what? He knows more than I do. He's smarter than I am. He sees what I cannot see. He knows what's down the road, and I don't. So I pray, Lord, your will be done. However you want to do it, do it. And beloved, we miss out on blessings that the Lord would lovingly pour out upon us because we're too whatever to do what he tells us. It's obedience. It's obedience. Lord told Brother Marvin, first of the service, you make that loud, you come down here and pray. Well, you know what I've seen happen since Brother Marvin has been doing that? The Lord has been moving mightily in our midst, hasn't he? Now, I ain't trying to puff Brother Marvin up. I'm just saying that obedience matters. And if you want to experience the blessings of God, obey him. And if you want to know how to obey him, get into the word of God and find out what's pleasing in his sight. And when you read what is pleasing in his sight, do that thing. And as Brother Bobby prayed before this message began tonight, and I can prove it, 1 John chapter 3, read it for yourself. It is the will of God. If we, if we desire to really to see the miraculous, not just for the sensational aspect of it. You know, there, there were, you know, uh, uh, the folks that followed Jesus just to see the miracles. When he said, drink my blood, eat my flesh, they hit the road, man. Peter, were y'all going to go too? Am I going to have to choose 12 other guys? No, you're the only one who has the words of life. We ain't going nowhere. We don't understand it. But we're giving you the benefit of the doubt because you said it, we're going to do it. All them folks missed out because all they were interested in was the sensational aspect of the Lord's miracle working power. And beloved, we just need to fall in love with him. Find out what's pleasing. And the Bible says it is pleasing in his sight that we love him 
that we love one another and that we love our enemies. And when we pursue this course, loving God is easy. Loving Jesus is easy. Man, it's easy to love Jesus. He's altogether lovely. There are no negatives with him. Amen. It's all wonderful. He's altogether beautiful. Praise his holy. I mean, read the book of Revelation. Even his appearance, even now as I speak, his hair, his eyes, how he is dressed, everything about him is altogether wonderful and awesome. It's easy to love Jesus. It takes a little effort to love old brother Andy. Because I may not root for the same team that you do. And I may not drive the same make of vehicle that you do. And you may have a conviction about the fact that I own a Harley Davidson. It's all right. It's going to take a little effort to love Brother Andy. It is going to take a demonstration of God's grace to love our enemies. That's going to take God's grace. And, beloved, we are confronted with them now. We live in a country where half the population hates our guts. They hate us. They openly blaspheme the God we adore. And they have no use for us at all. It is, in fact, their intent to eradicate us from the ranks of mankind. And we are going to be eradicated, not by their efforts, but during when the resurrection takes place, the dead in Christ rise, and those of us who are alive remain are caught up together with him. The Lord's going to take his people out. Praise God. But we do possess those. I saw, I got up early. I don't know why I got up early this morning, but I got up early, and I, you ever done that? Your eyes are wide open. You look at the clock, go, oh, man. And you try to go back to sleep, try to go back to sleep, try to, nothing works. So I got up and said, well, clicked on the tube, check out Fox News. Maybe Brother, or <laughs> Brother Trump, maybe President Trump had done something, you know, during the night that was outstanding, earth-shaking or whatever. And I, there, there was a, something, on a, a Nickelodeon, I just, the, 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 and, oh, it was, a, it was a program called Mom. Now, this is Nickelodeon. This is the kids' channel, right? And I don't know why I, I flipped on that except the Lord wanted to show me something. And why it, it, the name of the show was Mom. And, oh, that, uh, that woman that uh, President Trump had to feud with, the actress, kind of a chubby lady, got black hair, wears glasses. Rosie O'Donnell. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, whoever helped that. Lord bless you. She was on that show. And, and I didn't have the, the sound on because I didn't want to wake up everybody in the house. I was just, you know, yeah, so what? And I, I thought, you know, why am I? And, and they were in a, a kitchen washing dishes, so she just decided to reach over and kiss that other woman flat on the mouth. On Nickelodeon, the kids' channel. And I said, this ain't right. So they go to a commercial, advertise another show, and there are two guys, and they kiss each other on the mouth. Well, I'm about ready to throw up, you know. But it was just another means by which the Lord impressed on me, look, there is an agenda that is anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-Christian that is being pushed on us. And we are expected to put up with it. The Presbyterian pastor who put the sign up said, Bruce Jenner is still a man, homosexuality is still a sin. And you, <laughs> you're out the door. You can't do that. You can't teach the Word of God anymore. You can't declare the Word of God anymore. I'm glad I live in the United States, and I, and I believe in, in freedom of religion for everybody. You want to be a Muslim? You be a Muslim. I ain't afraid of you being Muslim. I'll put this up against anything you got. You want to head into the arena? Let's go. 
Amen. I'll take this Bible and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and let's have at it. Now, I don't say that to puff myself up because it ain't me. The Lord said when the time comes and you're brought before their council, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Spirit of the Lord is going to move on you, and the words that come out of your mouth will be ordained by God Almighty himself. Woo! We're hitting there. It's sooner than we think. The division is real. This world is being prepared for the rise of the Antichrist. Why is everything happening like it's happening, Brother Andy? Because the word of God is going to come to pass exactly as written without fail. So we go, ooh, that's just awful. Well, it is until you read the other part. And so shall we ever be with the Lord in a glorified body likened unto his. We won't, we're not God. We ain't ever going to be God. But he's going to give us a glorified body likened unto his. Not exactly like his because we ain't who he is. But it is going to be one that's going to serve us well for eternity. No sickness, no pain, no sorrow, no discomfort at all. Pure, perfect joy and peace. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to getting out of this. And getting into that which the Lord has promised. But between here and there, we have to occupy till he comes. And the whole purpose of this little sermonette tonight is to remind us that as we pray with the emphasis that the Lord, the Lord, he's starting back with Brother Kevin's message on prayer. And Brother Richie's going to be Wednesday nights in February on prayer. That when we pray, we need, we need to pray that prayer. Lord, your will be done. I don't know exactly how you want to do it, but however you want to do it is fine with me. Amen. Any way you want to dish it out, I'll take it. And, Lord, I'm not too proud to obey your voice. You know, we have a great heritage of brothers and sisters who've gone on before us, and their legacy to us is obedience to the Lord. When the Lord told them to stand up and walk, they stood up and walked. When the Lord told them to run, they ran. When the Lord put them on the floor and told them to roll, they rolled. You know why? Because they were not concerned about what people said or thought. And I go back to Sister, <laughs> Sister Bowling at Geraldine High School. You one of them holy rollers, ain't you? Yeah, I am, but I ain't rolling to hell like you are. That's Sister Bowling. Others that we have as a heritage. And there are going to be times, look, Paul had that affliction in his eyes. Three times, and he knew the Lord was a healer. He, he knew the Lord raised that man he preached to death from the dead. His long-winded preaching deadly, absolutely. Ask Eutychus, he'll tell you, fell out of that window, went to sleep. Paul went down, laid on him, God give him life again. Paul knew what the Lord could do. Lord, you can heal my eyes, I know you can and it took the Lord speaking to him, look, I've, I'm letting this take place for a reason. Because my strength's made perfect your weakness, and you need to learn that lesson. Timothy had issues with his stomach. Take a little wine, not alcoholic wine. Take a little grape juice for your stomach's sake. Miletus, he left sick in Troas. You think if anybody could get you prayed through and healed, Paul would. There will be times when the Lord moves. And quite frankly, 
we're just awestruck or we just don't understand it. Lord, I, I can't understand. There have been more times than I can count. I've been on the North 40 and praying. Lord, I don't get it. Lord, I don't understand it. You know, 30 years ago, we were all praying that. Lord, I don't understand this. What in the world? Now that I look back, I go, oh, that's what you were doing. You're going to renew this. You're going to perpetuate Pentecost. Amen. You're going to continue that which you blessed our forefathers with. That's why we're here. Okay, now, see, 30 years later, now I get it. I didn't get it 30 years ago, but I got it now. Amen. The Lord is wonderful in his working. It is the Lord, the Bible says, it is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. So let us take from this lesson tonight the exhortation to be obedient to the Lord in all things. And when he tells you to do something, do it. And I, and I say that and I confess to you that I am the world's worst. Lord, are you sure? Now, I, I want to be, Lord, I don't want to go to that person. If, you ain't, if it's just my imagination. Sometimes I think, well, Lord, I want that person to be blessed so much that maybe, you know, I'm, it's just my imagination. I want to make sure that I'm receiving direction from you. I'm not going to go out there to where you are and lay hands and, and pray for you unless you ask me to or the Lord specifically directs me to do that because I don't like being embarrassed and I mean not to embarrass nobody else. When he speaks to us, we need to listen, and when he instructs us, we need to obey him. Amen? Now, we're going to do this a little different tonight. We're going to do it kind of like on Wednesday night deal because we're going to go to the Lord in intercessory.